What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 156, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode Lockdown. Lockdown! Lockdown! Friends, we're an independent podcast. Um, we are still kind of dithering about what we want to do with our little Patreon. We've had that up for a while now. Thanks, everybody, who has supported us on Patreon all these uh, these several years now. Uh, again, just to remind you, we hit our goal. Woo-hoo! Woo! The goal was to pay off Zach's computer, and that has been paid off. Ka-ching! I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I could do a better ka-ching next time. I don't know. Whatever. But you know, Zach right, you and I can always t- you fix it in post. I probably <laughs> won't. Um, so we're uh, we're still talking about what we want to do with that. Uh, uh, we'll keep you posted. But, you know, the, the real sort of important part about it is that you don't really need to worry about it too much because everything we make always makes it to the main feed, uh, even the Patreon first stuff that we've done. Uh, and that main feed is, well, you found it, but, uh, Hey, you know, you've got friends, you've got friends in your life. I know you do. You're, you're a popular person. You don't know it, but I know it. I mean, just look over there. You see how that person was looking at you. It's not because you got something in your teeth. It's because you're cool. And how do I know you're cool? Cause you're listening to us. See how that works. See how this, <laughs> see how this thing builds on itself. Right. Uh-huh. You see how the lies, I mean, the, the, the stories whatever. Anyway, uh, you go over to that person that was looking at you and you can go, Hey, uh, you know what I was listening to? And they're like, no. And you go, yeah, I was listening to Walking Through the Stargate. Uh, you know, you can listen to it, too. You can find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And Zach, I keep forgetting to th- look into that other one. <sighs> I'll do it someday. Um, and uh, you can put you. But hey, hey, if you want to be super cool like me, you need to use a podcast aggregator. That's what you need to use. And that person's going to go. No, you have something in your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> And you could go, oh, shoot. Well, you should listen to it anyway. And then be like, yeah, maybe I should, because you seem pretty fine with me pointing out that you've got spinach in your teeth. I don't know where I'm going with this thing. So uh, so that's how you can do that. And you can spread the word. And that'll be awesome. Um, hey, Zach, uh, yeah. if a person wants to let me know that um, my uh, poor attempt to create social creed, cre- credibility. Wow. Um <laughs> If the so person wants clearly to let me know, Brent does not yeah. have good words. Ooh. But if you have good words and mm. you can give Brent the good words, <laughs> you can do this by emailing us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com, which is W A L K I N G T H R O U G H T H E S T A R G A T E. Oh, gmail.com. Wow. So apparently uh, Zach doesn't have words either. Oh, where'd our words go? That's a poor, that, that's, that doesn't bode well. And that's the second or third time I've used that phrase talking about this episode. Oh boy. Uh-huh. So um, anyway, dear Patreon listeners. Yeah. Um, I did send out earlier this week um, emails for Patreon votes and all of that stuff. Uh, so if you were listening to this and you did not receive that look harder, and if you still didn't see it, uh, let me know. Uh, email us or contact me or Discord or whatever. Uh, because if you are on the Patreon, have been for the last couple of months, uh, you should have received an email. Um, and uh, check it out and uh, send uh, your responses then. Yep. Uh, in that vein, Brent, I just want to remind folks, uh, mm-hmm. A, thank you to... 
Rowan, I believe it was, who sent an email about what we could do in the future for Patreon. Ooh. Uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, Rowan nice. says, uh, they just support us because we're cool. Uh, <laughs> see my earlier remarks <laughs> uh, yeah sure um, so you know but if you have an idea how we can revamp that in a way that uh, will be good for everybody involved please let us know email yeah. us um, uh, you can of course also get a hold of us on twitter at stargate walking on the facebooks mm-hmm. walking through the stargate mm-hmm. facebook page and group mm-hmm. uh, you can go to our website wtts.space um, or the best way to get a hold of us and have a fun community is go to the Discords. We 100%. have a Discord group channel thing. What is it called? Server thing. Server. Link. I don't know. Link. I don't know. But if you go to our website, you can get the link and get to the Discord and join yep. us there and have fun yep. conversations yep. because we do stupid things there because oh, that's, yeah. that's what we do. Uh, yeah. Not all the conversation is all about Stargate, although there <laughs> is plenty of that. Uh, we yes. just kind of chill out, hang out, have fun. So... One of our moderators banned himself and then unbanned himself in a matter of minutes. That's true. That's true. It, it happened. It, it did. And mm-hmm. if you want to know why, go to the discords and you can figure it out. <laughs> I mean, it might have been a bit of a more of a metaphorical banning than an actual banning. No, that's true. Uh, I, I don't think he actually hit the ban button no. on himself. No. Uh, because I don't think, I mean, I, I suppose you probably could do that. I don't know. But I, I don't, don't know, know how you'd get back you in. Well, maybe you can't. Okay. Well, anyway, whatever it is, we have silly fun there. So join us on the discords. Yes. All right. Brent. Yes. The last uh, four episodes of Stargate, Walking Through the Stargate have been especially long episodes because yes. uh, we had the two-part season finale of season seven, yes. and then we had our recap of season seven, and then we yes. had a two-part series, uh, season uh, uh, beginning, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't matter. Premiere. Premiere, thank you. You're uh, welcome. For eight, <laughs> and the yeah. season pilot for Atlantis, and so we've had some long episodes. Yes, um, we have. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping, we'll see how our conversation goes, I'm hoping that today is a little bit shorter, uh, if for no other reason than for our uh, recording schedules here. Uh, but with all yes. that, shall we dig into lockdown, the first in a very long time of a normal, standard, ordinary 45-minute episode? Yes, just a regular old Stargate SG-1 episode. I'm super looking forward to talking about this. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we start with the director. Uh, mm-hmm. William Waring is the director for this episode. Uh, <laughs> we've heard his name several times in the past. Yep. Uh, this is his first of two directing credits this season. Mm-hmm. So okay. awesome for William. We'll see him in a few weeks. Uh, the teleplay is by Joseph Malazzi and Paul Mully. Mm-hmm. This is their second of six writing credits this season. Mm-hmm. And now we have several guest actors. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to start with Gavin Hood, who plays Colonel Alexei Vasilov. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the main uh, Russian character in this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, the Gavin Hood uh, is an Academy Award winner uh, in the hmm. Best Foreign Language Film category of uh, for Tsatsi, uh, and hmm. then later he directed Rendition. And X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, he was born in 1963 in Johannesburg, South Africa. So he's mm-hmm. not actually Russian. No. Uh, but he actually puts on a convincing Russian accent, at least to this non-Russian Midwestern boy. Mm, duh. Uh, yes. Uh, apparently, <laughs> he was a lawyer be take- before taking up film classes at the University of California. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Gavin's first IMDb credit came in 1990 in the TV series The Game. Mm-hmm. He played the character Charlie Bates. Okay. I have no idea. Well, The Game nope. is a... The basic story is that this guy is stuck in a real-life game. Uh, they they made a movie of it with, I want to say Michael Douglas. Um, oh, yeah. Like in the late 90s, early yeah. 2000s or something like that. Yes. Um, but this is that was a movie based on this TV series. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And now I want to talk about uh, Allison Down, who plays Dr. Mm-hmm. Brightman. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Brightman was, I think, going to be kind of the replacement for Janet Frazier. Yeah. And we don't see her again in SG-1. Oh. Uh, that's, we, kind of a, that's kind of a bummer. I was, also, I was also exactly right there with you, like, well, she's no Janet Frazier. And then I was like, no, of course she's not. And I was like, okay, all right, okay, Dr. Brightman, okay. Now, well, that said, we will see her again in some future episodes of Stargate. Okay. So the character does come back. But uh, not in SG-1, really. Uh, I do have a mini biography by Rep. By Rep. (laughs) These are the best. (laughs) Are you ready? Oh, sure. Let's get into it. Allison Down was born and raised in British Columbia, Canada. After graduating high school, she attended the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Los Angeles, California, and from there went to England to study with the British American Academy in Oxford. Since then, she has led recurring and she has had lead recurring and guest star roles on several television series and movies, such as Cold Squad, for which she won both a Leo and a Gemini Award, Da Vinci's Inquest, The Dead Zone, Stargate SG 1, and Stargate Universe, Smallville, Flashpoint, Shattered, The L Word, The Life. For which she was nominated for another Gemini, The Killing, Murdoch Mysteries, CBC's Cracked, R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour, Lost Girl as Trick's Wife, Isabeau, and Supernatural, among many others. Mm-hmm. She also had a two-year run on Mysterious Ways as Miranda for NBC and PAX, which earned her a Leo nomination and recurred for two seasons on Battlestar Galactica as Jean Barillet. Hmm. Allison starred for three years in Robson Arms as Saint-Marie, a character <laughs> that was nominated for another two Leos. Uh, I'll, I'll pause you right there. The character is Sue Saint-Marie? Seuss, uh, whatever I, I you know it's i don't a town in michigan and canada so. you know i, I it, it's 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 like like french stuff and, and oh yeah it's s-a-s-a-u-l-t it's i mean you, you you went at it like a normal person but it's not pronounced <laughs> like a normal person it's french so it's sue so okay so <laughs> you know i i don't like the French language. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. Carry on. Carry no, on. it's okay. It's okay. I just want to say that that like even when, like when I was in high school and college and singing a lot of stuff in choirs and such, and a lot of it was French. 
uh, my French was horrible. I'd be like, the only good thing that I had going for me is that I could get most of the vowels okay, and I was part of a choir, so nobody knew that I couldn't pronounce squat. <laughs> Your consonants were way off, but who cares? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, Sue St. Marie. A character that was nominated for another two Leos. Allison Mm -hmm. was a series lead in Fox's highly anticipated Grace Point and starred for four seasons on Sci-Fi's 12 Monkeys, Mm -hmm. recently named a show you should be watching by Entertainment Weekly. Uh, 12 Monkeys has been off the air for a decade and more. (laughs) So here's to you, Rep. I love... I mean, and it makes a degree of sense. So, you know, we're in 2004. That's 18 years ago. Um, Right? Like, it's been a long time since this particular episode aired. And not every guest actor goes on to keep going, you know, like, you know, at some point they stop doing it. So it makes sense that we're like reading these old bios. But on the other hand, it's still kind of funny to be like, you know, (laughs) catch the new thriller, Fifth Sense. Like... (laughs) What fascinates me about these mini bios is the ones that are written like this one by some sort of representative, as mm-hmm. far as we can tell. So most likely, this person who wrote this bio was um, invited to do so in some capacity by uh, Allison Down. Yeah. Um, and if I recall, so like she's actually done some episodes of Discovery, so she's still currently oh. acting. <laughs> right. So if you are currently acting in the year 2022 or even well, maybe, 2020 or whatever, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe like, maybe Zach, maybe, maybe you and I are old and we're disconnected and we think that IMDb is a source of accurate current information. Oh, no, that can't be it. It's the children. They must be wrong. No, it's definitely the children. Definitely the children. <laughs> They're getting all their information from TikTok. Absolutely. Yeah, Allison has a TikTok right now. She's all like, catch me on Discovery. And everyone's like, yeah, she's been on Discovery. And we're like, what? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, okay, so Allison's first IMDb credit came in 1999 in the movie Bad Money when she plays Sylvia Baines. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I do want to talk about Aaron Pearl next, who plays Major Kearney or Kearney. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually seen him before. Did you recognize him? Uh, his face looked really familiar, but I couldn't, I couldn't figure out where I saw him. Okay. So Aaron Pearl actually played, uh, a believe, I believe it was a Lieutenant Hammond in the episode 1969. Uh-huh. Way back in season two. <laughs> yes. Got it. Okay. Now I don't know if. That was my memory. Whatever. I, yeah, I was looking at him like, hmm, you look familiar. But yeah. as it happens, so many so many of the uh, military officers in the SGC, y- you've seen them kind of milling about in the background before. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Probably saw him from somewhere. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So He's got he, a key. He, there you go. But he's back in this episode as Major Kearney. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born in 1972 in British Columbia, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been on TV shows such as Annie O, Susie Q, Home Song, and Titanic. Note, this is the 1996 miniseries, not the 1997 no. movie. <laughs> Don't get them confused. <laughs> Those are two very different things. Completely different. 
Um, he's also been on things like Battlestar Galactica, Supernatural, mm. Arrow, Lost in Space, and more. Mm-hmm. He's been in movies such as X2, X-Men United, X-Men, mm. The Last Stand, and Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 1999, he wrote, directed, and executive produced his first film entitled Little, Blue, Little Boy Blues. Aha. Uh-huh. Which I don't know anything about. Nope. Because I didn't look it up. <laughs> and that's that. <laughs> that's that. Um, his first IMDb credit came in 1995 when he played Chuck in the TV movie Annie O. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, we have another gentleman, uh, Arv- Arvidas Lebelionas, mm-hmm. who plays Anatoly Konstantinov. Was he the guy in the space station? He was the guy in the space station. Gotcha. Yep. Um, and we also have, um, then we have Natasha Vasiluk, uh, who was actually credited in this episode as Natalia Vasiluk, who played mm-hmm. Natalia. I think somebody just screwed that up. As in, like, like somebody just, like, put in, like, wrong names everywhere? Well, like, so, like, the character was Natalia. This is the Russian woman at the beginning. Got it. Yes. Right? And the the actor's name is Natasha, but she was credited as Natalia Vasiluk. Oh, 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 oh. Uh-huh. And you I, think that somebody just screwed it up in the credits. I think somebody screwed up in the yeah, credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, she was born in 1963 in Kharkiv, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, that, is that how you pronounce that, Kharkiv? I think so. Okay. Uh, she graduated in 1985 from the Ukrainian Academy of Arts. Uh, the Faculty of Movie, Drama, and Musical Theater. Mm-hmm. She has performed more than 50 lead roles in theaters in Ukraine, Russia, Israel, and Canada in Ukrainian, Russian, Hebrew, English, and French languages. Wow. So she's okay. all over the place. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, she often works as a Russian or Ukrainian dialect coach hmm. or as a choreographer, which... yeah. Like, okay, but that seems like a, kind of an odd mix there. Dialect coach. And I mean, but I mean, hey. She happens to speak Ukrainian and Russian. No, no, that makes sense. she can move. Uh, yeah, apparently. All right. Uh, her first IMDb credit came in 1997 in the TV series The X-Files mm-hmm. when she played a store owner as it, it was an uncredited role even mm-hmm. uh, in the episode Never Again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have holly ferguson who plays lieutenant evans um and i don't have my many information oh yeah the nurse the yeah the nurse that that uh uh they all like point their guns at and she drops their tray and she's like yes i didn't do anything yes and then of course we do see sergeant siler dan shea in the background of this episode that's right all right so the original air date for this episode was july 23 2004 Mm mm-hmm uh, number one on the charts in the U.S. was Confessions Part 2 by Usher. No idea. Uh, I don't have any idea. But apparently, uh, Usher was confessing things, and this was his second time doing so. I guess, yeah, it, 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 he had a lot. Uh, clearly. Um, or maybe he, you know, like, like you have to go to, you know, confession, like, multiple times in your life if you're Catholic because you make multiple sins and all of that stuff mm-hmm. or whatever. So maybe so maybe he was absolved after part one, but then he did more things that needs yeah, to be gotcha. for part two. Yep, yep, right. yep that's right. Um, that's the right. fact that he, I mean, if he doesn't have any... Uh, and then, in the UK, they were listening to <laughs> Lola's Theme by Shapeshifters. 
Is this Lola Rent? Is this Run Lola Run? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's playing. It's playing, playing right now. Uh, well, you know, it's it's very thematic. Yes. Yes, and it's about Lola. It's about Lola. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the shapeshifters are doing it. So Odo is there, and the female shapeshifter, and and several other shapeshifters from. Uh, oh, the, the 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 spirits from spirits are there because they're shapeshifters as well. Yes. Um, and and such. So this is all delightful and all that as we're listening to this. Uh, in the box office this weekend, we have the Born Supremacy, mm-hmm. uh, and of course the shapeshifters in in Star Trek DS9 believe that they were born supreme. Oh, hey! Uh, you know, there you go. And, wow! Uh, Good job. You know, it's going to go downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, iRobot is number two, and the only thing I think of is Data is a robot. He's actually an android, not a robot, but it's close enough. It's uh, I, yeah, yeah. Carry you on. Know, you know, and, <laughs> but but if you know what, that's the, if you're a shapeshifter and you believe that you are supreme, you can turn yourself into a robot. And, that's true. You know, pretend, and then that's right. and then what you do is you turn yourself into Catwoman to burglarize ah. things. And yes. because you don't really pay attention between the difference between DC and Marvel, you turn right. into Spider-Man uh-huh. twice so that you twice. can catch your bad self. And, all, and, and of course, <laughs> it wins. And so you have this beautiful Cinderella story. Oh, hey, hey. That didn't go downhill. That just stayed kind of kind of more levelish. <laughs> Underwater. <laughs> it counts. Uh, okay. You didn't hit anything. All right. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So, um, what was happening about this time on July 21? Uh, the United Kingdom government publishes "Delivering Security in a Changing World." A paper detailing wide-ranging reform of the country's armed forces. Mm-hmm. On July 22nd, the 37th annual San Diego Comic-Con International opens at San Diego Convention Center. Hooray! Hooray. And on July 25th, the 91st annual Tour de France. You said that intentionally that way. <laughs> Tour de France. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no winner for the 20, the 91st annual Tour de France, France. because Lance Armstrong was a druggie and he got Lance. disqualified. Banned. All right. See, here's the problem with the flat Midwestern vowel is that yep. you can make a lot of words rhyme that really shouldn't be rhyming because you, get, you, just, cause you can just shove everything way up here and everything just sounds the same. Yeah, you got Lance in France. Lance in France. The, band. The, the 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 Francy Lance. The Lancy France. He had to put his bike back in the vans. Oh yeah. I'm strong. <laughs> I'm what, strong. Are, what are we doing? <laughs> We're making people's ears bleed. We should continue. <laughs> Dear listeners, I, I terribly apologize for <laughs> the insanity you now have to listen to. But uh, not terribly, because you were choosing to listen to this. Hey, we're cool, remember? That's right. Is, is that like is that like uh, Field of Dreams? If you build it, it will come. If I keep saying I'm cool, I will eventually be cool? Somebody's going to believe us. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I believe us. Hey, 
Hey, that's one. That's one. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going. Yes. I have a little bit of trivia, not much for this episode. Okay. Um, near the beginning of this episode, when he is in uh, General O'Neill's office, Colonel Alexei Vasilov does not salute, but he does uh, click his heels uh, mm-hmm. instead uh, and that's because he's not wearing a hat, and that's appropriate for Russian military stuff. Hmm. So if you're, I guess, if you're not wearing a hat and you want to say, I'm leaving and honor a superior officer, you would click your heels and such, and then you'd leave. But if you're wearing a hat, you get to salute. I- huh. <laughs> I wonder what the cultural history behind that is. That's curious to me. I have no idea. That's fun. But I do have the titles of this episode in other languages. Would you like uh, to hear Okay. Them? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. But, but, but don't do the German one. I'm going to predict the German one. Okay. Well, I won't. Uh, the French, the Italians uh, call this episode quarantine. Yeah. The Spanish call it confinement. Yeah. Uh, the Czech also, like the French and Italian, go quarantine. The Hungarians go lockdown. Uh-huh. Of course. And the Germans, you said you wanted to predict it, so you Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Germans totally named this episode, Anubis is back and he possesses a body and escapes. Close. (laughs) They call this episode Colonel Veselov. Wait, are you serious? I'm dead serious. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't give anything away, necessarily, but... Is there no word for lockdown or quarantine in German? Uh, you know, they they thought that, uh, uh, so they, they were prognosticating into the future and they realized that, 20, well, uh, like 18 years, uh, no, it'd be 16 years after this episode aired, we would have an international global lockdown yes, yes. and it would be traumatic and they didn't yes. want to do that to us. And yes. so they named it Colonel Vasilov instead of lockdown or quarantine. Yes. Well, you know, hey, thank you, Germany. There you go. Um, and if they have that kind of technology, wow, they should really be doing stuff with it. <laughs> Maybe they are. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Are you ready for the synopsis for this episode? Yes. Let's All get right. into this. Here we go. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, okay. It really wasn't all that long ago, and it really wasn't all that far away, but that's not the point. <laughs> Sam and Daniel and a Russian later, and no, this is not the start of some weird joke. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, they were in the SGC talking to a cosmonaut on the International Space Station. I told you, it wasn't a joke. You see, <laughs> apparently blowing up spaceships in orbit around Earth creates a lot of debris, and yes. other things in orbit of Earth need to be careful about not running into that debris. And also, our cosmonaut is doing just fine with that ISS and complaining about the U.S. not cleaning up their own interstellar messes. Anyway, uh, and then, and then we see a shadow approaching the ISS. (gasps) Sometime later, Russian Colonel Alexei Vasilov arrives at the SGC. He's excited to join the SGC, visit other planets, and explore the galaxy, and prove himself to his new general, General Jack O'Neill. He also desperately wants to join SG-1. Jack says, no, not a nope, negative Ghost Rider never going to happen. (laughs) The pattern is full. (laughs) 
Colonel Vasilov is disappointed. The general insists that he goes through the proper training before he gets anywhere near that gate. And after the training, he's still not going to be joining SG-1. Nope. Anyway, later, Vasilov is visited by Daniel, and the two chat. Vasilov is understandably frustrated by the obvious prejudice the general has against Russians. Suddenly, Vasilov collapses. Uh-oh. They take him to the infirmary. He's quite sick, with lesions over his body and an elevated white blood cell count. When the colonel wakes up, he's quite confused. He doesn't remember how he got to the SGC or what's been going on. With the possibility of a contagion on the base, O'Neill locks everything down. Lock it down! Lock it down! Before the lockdown, Daniel was supposed to go off-world with SG-11, but O'Neill shuts down the gate and informs Daniel that he needs to go to the infirmary to get checked out because he was the one that was most recently with the guy who was sick and, you know, locked down and bugs and quarantine and, and stuff. Yep. Daniel then goes nuts! He grabs one of the red shirts next to him, using him as a human meat shield. He yep. demands that the gate be reopened and begins shooting up the gate room. I mean, the embarkation room. My apologies. I'm sorry. <laughs> Teal'c... And we're walking. And, and we're walking. Teal'c walks into the uh, gate room, I mean, the embarkation room, and shoots <laughs> Daniel with a zat gun. It slows him down, but doesn't stop him. Then O'Neill comes in and shoots Daniel with his gun in the shoulder. Poof. The bullet is finally enough to stop Daniel from whatever it is that he was trying to do. And they take him to the infirmary. In the infirmary, Vasilov begins to remember a few things about his experience. He felt trapped in his own body, like someone else was controlling his actions. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Does this remind us of anybody we know? Mm-hmm. More research later, they discover that Vasilov had visited his friend Anatoly Konstantinov long, not long prior to traveling to the SGC. Anatoly, and no, I'm not going to try to pronounce that game again. It's too much. It's Anatoly. <laughs> Mr. A. Mr. A was the ISS cosmonaut that steered the ISS away from Anubis spaceship debris and also experienced the same sickness that Veslov had, and then he died for it, so that's terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. And apparently Veslov is dying too, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. Daniel later wakes up in the infirmary and wants to know who the heck shot him. Who shot me? That's beside the point. Uh, The team puts all the pieces together. Anubis's ship was destroyed, but as an ascended being without corporeal form, Anubis himself wasn't killed. Though he did lose his personal shield that allowed him to interact with this physical realm. He's now moving through people controlling them, desperately trying to get off the planet so that he can make himself a new personal shield so that he can interact with this physical realm. He could use his ascended powers, but if he did that, he would bring down the wrath of the ancients who are now ascended upon him. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't kill Anubis. Nope. And we can't capture Anubis. Nope. And we can't really stop Anubis. Nope. So, Brent, what can we do? Don't worry. Our archaeologist has a plan. Well, good. We will split the SGC into three zones, uh-huh. conveniently named Zone 1, uh-huh. Zone 2, yeah, and zone, and zone three. Oh, I missed it. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> the zones will not have any contact with the others. We'll lock out the gate controls and arrange things to make it as hard as possible for Anubis to escape. Uh, he won't be able to do it without 
inhabiting uh, more than one person. And so, if that's the case, the only way that he can get off the planet is to use his ascended powers, and mm-hmm. then the ancients will have no choice but to deal with him. Case closed. Boom! There the he is. The end. Thus, the lockdown begins, and the doors close. Yep. <laughs> chonk, chonk. Like, a, like, a, like a second lockdown. A lockdown in a lockdown. A lockdown in a lockdown in a lock. It's, it's like the Russian dolls of lockdowns. <gasps> It all comes back around. Exactly. While all of this was happening, we learned that Colonel Vasilov is not recovering from his encounter with Anubis, which is really unfortunate. Uh, It's just a matter of time before he will die. Nobody's saying anything to him, and he is smart enough to realize that when none of the nurses say anything about what's going to happen to your future, you know you don't have much of a future. (laughs) Because they don't have anything to say about it. No one's talking about Christmas plans when you're around. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) A week goes by and nothing happens. Eventually, General O'Neill gets a call from none other than the president. Uh The SGC has 24 hours before they must begin normal gate activities again. And so General O'Neill gets on the PA and tells everyone that the president has authorized him to keep this lockdown going indefinitely. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. But it, it is, a, is a very good ploy to push Anubis to try to take action. Mm-hmm. So Anubis needs to take action. He takes over Samantha. Using her skills, he creates a program to escape, and he begins executing his plan. O'Neill's try- O'Neill tries to stop Sam Anubis. He succeeds, <laughs> but not before he himself is inhabited by the former system lord. Yeah. O'Neillubis... Then <laughs> sets the auto-destruct system and heads to the gate room. Uh-huh. Vasilov realizes something is going down and rushes out of the infirmary. In the control room, right. O'Neill Lubis programs the gate to begin dialing. He leaves for the gate room. Sam and Tilka are able to get there and stop the auto-destruct. Woohoo! Yes. But they can't stop the gate. Oh, no. But uh-huh. maybe Sam can do something else. O'Neill Lubis as in the gate room, about to make his escape when he's tackled by a very sick Russian. Vasilov points his gun at the general and gives Anubis a choice. Take him as host, or he'll kill both of them. And he'll both kill both himself and the general. O'Neill, uh, O'Neill, Anubis takes the offer, jumps out of O'Neill, and into Vasilov. O'Neill collapses, and Anubilov then turns and escapes through the gate. <laughs> The gate closes. <laughs> Anubis has escaped. Well, this isn't good. But Mm-mm. then Sam reveals that she was able to change the destination of the Stargate. So, yes, Anubis did escape, but now he's on the planet KS7535, to which O'Neill responds with a shiver. Ooh, chilly. Mm-hmm. We cut to KS7535, where Anubilov sits a few <laughs> meters from the gate, frozen, surrounded by ice, and snow. Yes. The end. The end. And so, my dear friend Brent, mm-hmm. the episode Lockdown. Yeah. What did you think of it? Yeah. So, I've got a confession, Zach. Yes. I liked this one with two humongous caveats. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what uh, chevrons I'm going to give it. I have a general idea. But um, I found myself really, really, really enjoying the story quite a lot, especially considering the episode and the bottle nature of it. 
Yeah. Um, and I thought it was I thought it was well done, except for the end. <laughs> and then in retrospect, except for the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, it's got a problem here because its middle is awesome. And the beginning was fine until I realized what was happening. And then I was like, wouldn't like isn't Anubis taking an awfully big risk? So, like, all right, so you're Anubis. Let's pretend you're Anubis. So, Zach, go put yourself in the mind of Anubis here for a second. Okay, I am now in the mind of Anubis. You've been around for how long? A very long time, right? Like multiple tens of thousands of years. You've seen all sorts of stuff happen. You have been all sorts of places. You have just a few months ago gotten your ship shot out of the sky. And this is a big setback. But, it you know, is. you've been set back before and came back from it. Mm-hmm. And so you find yourself in a piece of your ship and your corporeal form has been blown to smithereens. And you're sitting there and you're just like drumming your like, you know, your little wispy fingers on the on the console being like, well, shoot, what do I do? Right. You don't have a way to get off world to get your uh, get a new shell. You don't have a way to get onto Earth to go take a hostage. And then you start seeing or sensing or whatever. Um a space station come by and there's a human form on it. And you're like, Hmm. Okay. I wonder if this will work. So you go and you jump. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm yep. This is all going straight through my head. We're we're this making sense. Yep. Absolutely. Keep going. So you get into there and either you didn't know that your inhabitation of a human body was going to start to cause it to just completely break down and very quickly at that. And you just got dang lucky that this guy's coming back down to the surface of the earth in the time frame that he has allotted. Or you'd make you know that your presence inside a human host is going to cause this thing to happen, and you take that risk anyway, even with the possibility of your human host literally dying in space. And then what do you do? I don't know. I guess you could hang out in the ISS. Okay, maybe this isn't that's such a bad idea. I'm glad I'm talking it through. But in hindsight, it was one of those things of, well, wait a minute. Why did he decide to, 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 to do that versus, I don't know, like any other version of like wait and see type of a thing? I don't know. As, as I'm talking it through, it's less crazy than when I like, was examining it in the middle well, of the show. But whatever. Let, let me let me because uh, I'm still in the mind of Anubis. Oh, right? OK. Well, you can you can you can come on out anytime. you like. No, 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 no. I'm still there. I'm still there. Okay. Right. OK. And I'm okay. Anubis. And I'm like, okay. I've got to get out of this cruddy space thing here because this is no good. And I get no. to the ISS and I'm like, ooh, there's a guy. I could take him over. And and I know because we all know that, that he's evil enough that he knows that his presence is going to corrupt these things and it's not going to be good um uh but he doesn't really care about that and so he you know maybe he possesses him right away uh maybe he possesses him long enough to realize when he's scheduled to leave and if it's not soon then he just kind of like you know hangs out in the bar Right, yeah. he's just sitting there at the bar. Uh, yep. Maybe, maybe he's in a coffee shop, right, or or a cafe, whatever. You know, you know the ISS cafe, and he's drinking his coffee, right? Yeah, and he's just sitting there reading his newspaper, and he's waiting uh-huh. for the right time. And when just the time is right, again. he yeah. he 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 then enters back into uh, Anatoly, and that's yep. his name. It's Mister Anatoly because yeah, we don't a. say that last name because I can't pronounce that last name. <laughs> and at the appropriate time, he leaves. But of course, he has to be in that for a while. And, you know, I mean, he's got at least some time. Yes. Yes. Um, and so so there you go. 
And so, yeah. And so then on the bedside, he's, 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 he, he just gets, he just gets lucky enough. The story still is a little bit pocky, but okay. All right. Well, let's I mean, talk about the first. He, he's definitely lucky in that Anatoly and uh, Veselov are, are friends. And yes. That, now, it, it, it makes sense that Anatoly and Veselov would be friends. Yes, They're agreed. both kind of in that military um, space Spacey. environment. You know, I mean, yeah. if, 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 you know, Vasilov knows about the Stargate. Um, him having friends who are in the ISS makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. But even if that's not the case, uh, we just saved ourselves some trips because Anubis is smart enough that he could hop hosts around um, and get to the people he needs to to get to the actual SGC. Yes. Yes. So, okay. All that is plausible. So so then so then I withdraw my claim that the beginning was kind of was kind of smelly. So, you know, okay, this all makes sense. I okay. really liked the middle. I really really did. I did not know how it was going to resolve. Like how we, how are we going to get this fixed? Um, you know, the reveal that it was Anubis was pr- was satisfying. I think that I kind of had a weird little tip because the lesions on the guy's arm reminded me of the lesions on Anubis's face from that um from that uh glamour shot that we got. Uh, you don't remember about that because you have. Oh no, that's right. I complete. I I have no idea what I'm talking about. Exactly. No idea at all. I'm blinking off into space. Um. So when it was revealed that it was Anubis, it it still was a fun. It 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 worked. It worked. Oh man, he's back, and he's 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 a mist. Dang it, that's even worse. But it makes sense why he's like struggling because like he doesn't have his little shell thing, and he's got to get to his la 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 la, and then. Watching all the events transpire, I thought was good. Um, who, who is, uh, you know, who's currently it was a fun thing to explore and how they were trying to figure that out and, uh, you know, how they got it right and how they got it wrong. Um, uh, the waiting game, I thought, was clever. Um, you know, we're going to shut this thing down into three sections and nothing can happen. And Anubis is like, well, great. Now I really have to wait. And he's like, surely they're going to give up after a little while and then I can go. And then... The, the 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 con of everybody get comfy because we're going to be here for a long time um the taking over sam made a ton of sense uh because she's like probably the like as was demonstrated the one person that can pretty much make everything happen yeah <laughs> in the whole place um which in itself is a security flaw, but we're going to ignore that for now. Uh, well, the, that's that's a security flaw that that is just the nature of somebody who is really, really darn good at her job. Yes, and, and you know, I mean, she can't help but being good at her job because that's who she is. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and, then, and then you got to break things in order to be like, okay, you don't know what this is anymore because we broke it, and now you don't know what we did to fix it. So stop knowing things. Um, but she can't stop knowing things because she's she amazing. Can't. Uh, the, the, um, the whole, like, I'm going to blow up the base thing was, I thought, totally Anubis style. Like, I, I, it, it worked. It worked. Um, like, as in, like, I, I'm stammering because it sounds like I'm trying to justify it. It's more like I'm trying to recall if I picked up that, uh, uh, Onubis. <laughs> O'Neill Ubis. Uh, O'Neill Ubis. O'Neill Ubis, um, was, was him. Uh, and I couldn't recap, like, it just looked like the right thing. That, like, it's like a thing like O'Neill would do and it just worked. And apparently they got a big old nuclear bomb down there and which makes sense. Um, yeah, it was all fine. I, I, the end though, the end was terrible. <laughs> the end was so bad. Like, like 
you didn't necessarily need to have O'Neill possessed by Anubis. Anubis could have gone back to, um, oh dear, what's his name? Because of the V. Um, Vasilov. Vasilov. He could have just gone back to Vasilov and had Vasilov do the exact same thing that he was able to do now, rip off all of his stuff and go running through the gate. Um, I mean, I guess that you need, no, you, no, you had all the, all the things set. Like, you know, like Carter automated everything. And so, you know, like th- that, that, that tail end of how do you, how do we get General O'Neill, um, to be central to the action, but yet not have to go through the gate. Oh, I know. Let's have Valasov Vaseline, like tackle him and uh, like make this weird demand. You either take me or I kill us both. And like, what, why would Anubis even care? Like, you know, okay, sure. You win. Let's go. Or no, fine. There's like literally thousands or hundreds, at least hundreds of people here. (laughs) I can try this again. You know, sure, sure. I might have to think about a different way to be clever and dastardly. But um, I was once uh, back in the mind of Anubis. I was once like obliterated. I, uh, you know, I've been I've been an ancient. I've been a ghouled. I have been, you know, like supreme, like awesome Lord Pants here just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Like stones of power, the Infinity Gauntlet, you know, the whole thing. Like and. You know, instead he goes, you're right. You've got me there, random Russian dude. I'm going to go ahead and have it you. And off we go. So and, let me let me play. Yeah. Uh, let me put myself in Anubis's brain again okay. and walk through this process. Okay. All right. So, A, we don't know, uh, before I actually step into Anubis's brain, uh, we don't know for sure how far he can travel while he's incorporeal. Um, what we've seen in the base yeah. is it appears to be somewhat limited, um, but we don't know for sure how limited that is. So we just have to kind of accept that we don't know for sure what's going on there. Um, he's in Sam, and he yeah. does the things that Sam does to get things yeah. started. Um, Sam gets incapacitated, and one of the people who happens to be there to incapacitate him, her is O'Neill. It yeah. makes sense then for him to jump into O'Neill because a if he is acting as the general he can do a lot of things like set the auto destruct blah blah blah. Um, whether or not this is actually a good idea is harder to tell, um, but I suppose he thought that if he uh, executes his plan correctly, it blows up just as he's escaped the gate, and then they can't chase him. Okay, so he gets himself into the gate. And he's about to walk through, and he gets tackled by the Russian. And the Russian says, hey, either take me, or I'm going to shoot us both. And, of course, Anubis is thinking, well, if you shoot us both, well, then you're dead, and then he's dead, and then I'm still incorporeal. I can just take over somebody else. However, we also know at this point in time that Anubis is desperate to get off the planet. Because so long as he's stuck on Earth, he cannot continue his process of global uh, galactic domination. Yeah. Right? So he needs to get off the planet. And he's sitting there right now. The gate is 15 feet away. And there's this Russian that says, take me or I'm going to shoot us both. And he's like, well, what do I care about O'Neill? Nothing. I don't. However, this is expedient. It makes, I mean, he's like, okay, fine. Uh, I don't care. I just need to get through that gate. I don't even care about you. But if... If, if going into you makes it easier for me to get through that gate, then fine. I don't care. I don't care which meat bag I'm wearing. I just no, want to get course. through the gate. It was just a weird. It was weird. 
It was also slightly weird that that Valasov was like, you know, now is the time that I must rip off my IVs and act and run to the gate room. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> there, like, there, there was some deus ex machina there yeah you sure. know so so i'm definitely just gonna i'm just gonna squint a little bit i'm just gonna be like mm, i'm not gonna look too close at some of these weird little things and i'm just gonna enjoy the fact that no there was a real genuine like fun unanswerable like mystery in the middle of it which was anubis is trapped in the sgc and taking over bodies, and that's causing havoc. And how is the SGC responding? And how is Anubis trying to get off? Like every, it was fun. I really liked the middle part of this story a lot. I thought it was great, and I thought the acting was really good too. Yeah, I had a great time with this one. So, what about you? What do you think about this? So, full disclosure, um, yeah. uh, I have been out of town for the last week, yeah. and I took the train to Colorado for a continuing ed thing, yep. and I took the train back. Uh, yesterday, and yep. so I get home, and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. I've had like three hours of sleep uh, yeah. for the last forty-eight hours, uh, and it wasn't even three hours of one block. It was like fifteen minutes here and fifteen minutes there. So Woof. I am really, really zonked out, and I finally get home, and I'm tired, and I'm like, Ugh. and I change into some comfortable clothes because I have not been in comfortable clothes on this travel time not that they were uncomfortable but you know what i'm saying yep uh and i sit down on the couch and i'm like well okay i've got to watch this episode and i hit the play button and i get about uh 10 minutes in and my eyes are getting really really heavy and i'm like i can't make it and i pause it and i'm yeah and i fall asleep i literally fall asleep in this episode <laughs> yeah but you admittedly it has, it has nothing to do with this yes. episode i just <laughs> fell asleep because i was exhausted yes um so I did, uh, after I woke up a couple hours later, uh, get, you know, kind of shake off the, the dust in my eyes and, and I turn the TV back on and I, and I do watch the episode. And, mm-hmm. you know, I enjoy the episode. It's a fine episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not my favorite episode. There's nothing sure. especially exciting about this episode for me. It's just here. Um, I love that this story addresses Anubis and addresses Anubis quickly. Um, mm-hmm. because uh, we have killed off system lords in the past, and like, well, are they really dead? Are they mostly dead? What's going on there? Right. And oftentimes, we don't ever really get to find out. Um, right. You know, so like when when Apophis died for the second time, he crashes into a planet, but, right. you know, and the last time he died, we're like, did, did he really die? We don't know. Right. He didn't really die the first time. Um so did he really die? And apparently he did die the second time because we have never seen him since. Yes. Um, I'm like, okay, that's fine. So now we have a half-ascended bad guy, you know, an ascended, descended, kind of in the middle, you know, <laughs> bad guy. Yes. And we blow up his ship and we're like, hey, we saved the day. And this is awesome because, you know, this is what Lost City is all about. But now we have more episodes left, right? We have more story to tell and we have to address... Um, what's up with Anubis? Is he just simply gone? We don't know, but that doesn't. So we address that here, and we get this incorporeal bad guy who comes in and continues to do stuff. And now we learn that yes, he's dead, he's weakened, but he's not defeated. Defeated, which right. means the big bad bad guy for the last several um, seasons has and we've given him a severe blow, but he is still 
back up and running. Yep. And so they address it. Um, they address it in a way that actually makes a lot of sense that he would use um, the power to control other people, but uh, it wouldn't go well with them when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So this all makes sense. And then he gets to the gate, and then we have to deal with all of that stuff. And then he does manage to escape. Now the question is, is he trapped on an ice world forever? Right. I think you could probably answer that question for us. Right? Yeah, I mean, the answer to that is no, but no, no, how? But how? How well, uh, is he well, going to get off? We, we, we'll figure that out as the yes. series progresses. Um, so, you know, the, the fact that it addresses Anubis and does all of that stuff, um, you know, it, it's fine. Um, it works well. It's a good story. Um, you know, the the beginning is kind of dull, but they yes. couldn't afford, you know, $150,000 special effects at the beginning of that. So they deal with, you know, $5,000 special effects and yes. talking heads. Oh, yeah. No, it's fine. You know, that's fine. Um, uh, you know, and the end, I don't have a problem with the end. Uh, I think that... Uh, Sam being able to apparently change addresses mid-dial is very convenient. <laughs> that sure is pretty pretty special. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, it's... I, I uh, mean, you know, admittedly, if I start dialing an area code and decide to change where I'm going to dial after that, you know, that's possible. Um, but... Uh, this is, but this is, uh, this, is why, uh, this is why Samantha Carter is now a lieutenant colonel. That's true. Well, no, she's actually lieutenant you... colonel because Brigadier General thought that she deserved a promotion and gave it yeah. to her because he yes. could. Yes, and the reason why he thought she could give her, she had deserved a promotion is that she knows how to change gate addresses mid-dial, amongst okay. other things. Well, fair enough. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, you know, I thought that, uh, um, you know, the fact that uh, O'Neill at the beginning was like, well, he escaped. This isn't good. And she's like, eh, he kind of escaped. Kind of not. Um you know, was appropriate there. Um, Vasilov not knowing about this, sacrificing himself is kind of neat. Um, while one of the things that gets to me in this episode, though, is while I totally get it, it's the character. Um, O'Neill is a big fat jerk to Russians. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it makes sense. Um, but, you know, I mean, we, like, like, like Vasilov at the beginning, you know, as he's listening to O'Neill, you know, just slam into him, um, is just taking it, and and I guess that makes sense, you know, and and the fact that he talks to Daniel about, you know, this is not right, and Daniel just shrugs it off and just says, yeah, yeah, it's just Jack, it's just what he is. You you are a hundred percent correct, and, um. Uh, it, it being October of 2022 and the uh, while, you know, I hesitate to, to claim that any of the I know I'm sure that many of the Russian soldiers that are in Ukraine have drank the Kool-Aid, um, but I'm just saying, like, currently the Russian army are the bad guys again and um, and justifiably so. Uh, and so, yeah, it's complex because this wasn't filmed then. And back then, the United States, you know, Russia relations were 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 on paper much warmer um and in in that era we should have looked at that like 
come on now like for real like you know there are friends now you don't need to you don't need to keep holding over these like cold war attitudes my watching this time though is just like yeah whatever (laughs) (laughs) which is brutal and terrible but it's like yeah my current context regardless of uh, regardless of what the relationships are between the Russians now and the Americans now, or frankly, mm-hmm. even the Russians in 2004 and the Americans in 2004, um, that's that's bad behavior. It's not cool behavior. It's, it's not cool. It's, it's not good. Um, and, and while I can... Well, I can accept that this is how Jack feels about the Russians. Mm-hmm. What bugs me is the laissez-faire attitude that everybody else has about Jack's attitude towards the Russians. Mm-hmm. Right? Jack is like, nope, I don't like Russians, never going to like Russians, and, you know, all of this stuff. And Daniel is like, when he, he's confront, like, the Russian says, hey, look, this guy is treating me inappropriately. Mm-hmm. Right, he this this is not right. This is bigotry, and Daniel's like, eh, yeah, but that's Jack, right? Uh, and you're that, correct. That's yeah. That's what bugs me. Yeah. Um, because you know, I mean, if you, the you have a right to feel how you feel, as rational or irrational as that may or may not be. Um, but when your feelings are being uh, are are inappropriate, or at least not healthy for from human to human interaction. And then your friends are just like, or cultural interaction, right? Uh, and then your friends are like, yeah, but that's just how he is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it that's not cool. I mean, it nope. might it might be real, it might be you know true, but it's not cool, right? It no, nope. yeah, um, and. You know, and 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 maybe we can even say, well, that's that's, and so here's the thing: it's like, of all the team, Daniel is the one that should be able to see that best. Yes, and Daniel just says, well, he's my friend, so the fact that he's a bigot and a big fat jerk towards Russians, well, it's okay; it's not that big a deal. It would make more sense for that kind of attitude to come from Teal'c, where like. Because you're right, Daniel is Daniel the character is like is one of the features of Daniel the character is his empathy towards different cultures, and uh, while Teal Teal you know certainly has exhibited similar things, he's much more stoic and he's much more like like defined, mm-hmm. and it would make more sense for Teal to say something like, "Yeah, you're not going to get Jack to think differently," like <laughs> like that would make that because that would be something that Teal would say, like you know like. This is something that Jack will not do. This is, you know. Well, I mean, I do it, not believe that General O'Neill will change his mind. Yeah, you know, like there, there, there's, there is something that I mean. Acknowledge that. Okay, well, this is the way Jack thinks, and I'm not going to change his mind, and you're not going to change his mind. Okay, there, there, there's that point there. It's that. Well, I can't change his mind. You're not going to change his mind. So it's just Jack. It's not that big a deal. Get over it. That's right. what bugs me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, we might not change Jack's mind and that might be what we have to deal with, but that doesn't mean it's, eh, whatever. It's okay. It's not that big a deal. It is a big deal. Yes. Yes. Um, and now, and now up until this point, Jack has been operating as a colonel in this system, right? 
So he's yes. been a leader of the flag team, SG1, but he hasn't been the leader of the SGC. Right. Now he is wearing a different hat. He's no longer the colonel. And I understand that he is still trying to figure out what it means to be the general of this base. Mm-hmm. But um, he's he's now the general. And um, so, yeah. All of this is something that... that I, I'm not saying that these characters are playing outside the bounds of what we would expect them to. Um, but I'm saying that we need to name that the behaviors that they're doing is not appropriate. Even if we expect it to be normal. I mean, even if this is what we expect them to do, we also need to step back and say, it's still bad. And I think, like, tangentially related to that is that I'm still not a big fan of, um, you know, Sloppy General right now. Um, You know, like, hanging out with his buddies, uh, being all like... Yeah, man. Wrong potatoes. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Um, totally satiated my desire to see the SG-1 team together. Right? Right. Like, right. I liked that scene. Um, it was fun to watch the characters play off of each other because they've got good chemistry and it works really well. But, you know, I, that's not the team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 not the dynamic. Um, you know, it, it makes sense. It makes a degree of sense, but on the other hand, we're going from General George Hammond to General Jack O'Neill, and these are like, and I and I and I and I can appreciate how the storytellers didn't want to have Jack have such a character change that it felt inauthentic, but like there was there was a crispness and a and a certainty with. Um, Hammond, which I'm unsure is going to be happening with O'Neill. Right. Right. There's enough. Um, there was enough uh, good decision, but gut decision that we saw with uh, with Jack O'Neill as a um, colonel. That part of me wonders or worries: Is he going to be that arbitrary again as a general? And you know, I might be nitpicking some things here and maybe maybe this is just like you know the the shift in the story that actually is either gonna it's gonna work itself out fine or no actually i'm identifying something that is like chronically a weak sauce part of this particular new formula it's like whenever shows introduce a baby right whenever 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 couples uh suddenly have a baby in the show the show you know the show's going downhill like (laughs) (laughs) what was it was it um Perfect Strangers, right? Uh, like, you know, last two seasons, I think, they got a big house and they all got married and they all lived under the same roof and they had kids. And it made sense from, like, the story point of view because how can you keep telling a story of growing relationships without having some milestones happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it completely changes the, the dynamic and it completely changes the chemistry. And so it just doesn't work anymore. So, like, you know, how often am I going to have, like, General O'Neill chuckling about like you know base operations things with the old sg1 team without seeing repercussions of other sg teams feeling like the generals playing favorites or uh repercussions like the generals just being a little too sloppy or repercussions because he can't do that now he's got to represent the entire operation and that means like if you're running it like an air force operation that's crisp and clean man that's their thing like you know what i mean like there's so much about this that just isn't quite gelling up right now 
Yeah. And maybe it won't. Um, I hope it does, but I kind of doubt it will because you can't fundamentally change Jack without really changing the chemistry. And now you're, you know, now you've made a different show. So we'll see. We'll see. But, well, you know, I'm, I'm saying it because I think I see something that I can point to and go, mm, what are they going to do with this? Because this might this might prove trickier than you think. Well, we can only wait until next week's episode, and for us, it'll be two weeks from now. Two uh, weeks, yes. <laughs> and, and following to know for sure how uh, this n- new uh, position for Jack O'Neill is going to affect yeah. him and his relationships. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Yep. Well, um, lockdown. Yeah. I think we're at that spot now. Yeah, we are. And and you know we're we're only an hour in and not like an hour and forty five minutes in. I know it feels so <laughs> feels so luxurious. Yeah. So, um, uh, how many chevrons uh, will you give this episode? Well, I'm glad that you kind of talked through your explanation of the beginning and the end because that did help sort of like shore it up a little bit for me, um, which is good. And I. Uh, I did. I did like the middle part quite a lot. I thought this was fun. I I liked how they brought Anubis back into the story, uh, where where the whole situation is right now. How we got there. I thought that the 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 who done it was was pretty okay. I mean, like I, I enjoyed watching the story. Would I enjoy watching it again? Probably not. I think half the charm of this thing is watching it the first time. Um, so I did have a good time. I'm gonna give this one. I think a five out of seven. Um, I don't think I can justify giving it a six. I don't think it's quite that good. Um, but it's certainly better than a four for me. I, mm-hmm. I liked it. I really enjoyed watching this episode quite a lot and, um, I had fun with it. So five out of seven for me. What about you? So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a good episode. Um, uh, one of the, some of the comments that I've seen people talk about on discord already is that after watching this episode, they're like, I completely forgot about this episode. Yes. <laughs> and if I recall correctly, um, when we were doing our seven season seven recap and we were looking at this episode here, uh, I couldn't remember what this episode was about. And I was conflating this one and uh, the next episode together. <laughs> yeah, I remember you conflating things, but I don't remember which one was what. Um, and I don't remember what I said for what and how it works, but uh, um, it, it's it's a solid episode. It's, it's, you know, a good episode. It's not a great episode. It's not, um, you know, mind-blowing by any stretch. It is something that's necessary and it's good, um, and it reflects some good things, right? Because as you mentioned, uh, General O'Neill doesn't know quite how to be a general yeah. yet. Um, hopefully, he'll learn that. We won't know that until it happens, if it happens. Um, so to have this episode here kind of uh, give us that space where he knows how to take command, but does he know how to be a general? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're still learning that, right? And then... Uh, the addressing of Anubis and doing that early on in the season um, just to kind of, you know, keep it. So those are all good things, but I don't feel comfortable giving it a five. Yeah. But a four, I think, is too low. So I'm going to split the difference because I can (laughs) and go four and a half. (laughs) Out of seven, no. Out of 14, thank you very much. No, it's definitely at a seven. 
<laughs> Four and a half, a solid middle score. All right. Well, Brent. Yes. It is time now for our predictions. Yep. Uh, I'm pulling up Twitter, 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 Twitter. I've got a Twitter. All right. What's your Any Twitter? guesses as to who it's from? Uh, is it from Kevin? You'd be correct. This is from Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. He says, hi, Brent. Hi, Zach. I don't know about a jailbreak, but there will definitely be a lockdown. Lockdown? This episode is way ahead of its time. I always love the lockdown footage. That actual footage of a lockdown drill in the Cheyenne Mountain that the Air Force let them film. That's what Kevin had to say. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Kevin will have more to say on Facebook. I, I wouldn't expect anything less. All right. Now, we do start with uh, Sean. Hi, Sean. Sean says, so I didn't remember this episode too well and certainly didn't remember Daniel, a.k.a. Anubis, shooting up the base. Exciting moment. Not sure if Teal'c should have helped Sam abort the self-destruct sequence, but would have ruined the future of Stargate. So glad it didn't happen. Yes, me too. But <laughs> why did they allow the gate to be powered up in the first place? That's actually a good point. You know, like, couldn't couldn't uh, Sergeant Siler take one of his giant wrenches and, like, just disconnect the power mains? Uh, you know, that wasn't part of the story. It wasn't part of the story. No. Uh, so Sean predicts that you will give it a six... Ooh, close. I will give it a five and a half. Oh, very close. Just off so, by one. <laughs> so, you know, you just ratcheted up. Our our differences were the same, but then, yeah. Yes. Uh, and then Sean will give it a five for himself. Uh-huh. Yep. All right. Thank you, Sean. Uh, next, we have Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Rowan says, this week on Stargate The Bachelor, who will replace O'Neill on SG-1? <laughs> just kidding. It's quarantine time. Yeah. Oh, bummer. That's going to affect Teal'c's move-in date. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Does he get his apartment? Holy cow! <laughs> Did he just miss it? <laughs> Landlord standing outside with the keys going, I guess Murray isn't going to get this place. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Uh, will SG-1 ever again travel through the gate to find themselves in a strange new world? Trademark? <gasps> <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, Rowan, that just makes me... That's, that, that tickles my funny bone. Thank you. <laughs> Not until they deal with Anubis. He's back and he's foggier than ever. Yep. Which cup is the pee under? Keep your eye on it. <laughs> Watch them go round and round. Hey, isn't that guy young General Hammond from 1969? Oops, I lost track of which cup Anubis was under. We can't let him take one of our heroes, so let's put him in the Russian guest star instead. And send him on an all-expenses-paid skiing holiday. Yeah, well... This is definitely a very snow. permanent solution, and we will never hear from Anubis again. <laughs> He's frozen. What could happen? Absolutely. Okay, we're already doing a bottle episode this early in the season. Oh, dear. This one's not bad, though. Brent will give it a five, and yes. Zach will give it a four. <gasps> oh, so close. So close, Rowan. So close. This episode has an IMDb rating of 7.5, which is four chevrons, putting it in the bottom half of Stargate episodes overall. I can see that. Yeah. I, I think that a rewatch would not be anywhere near as fun as the first time. Yes. Well, I don't know. I, I don't remember the first time. 
Uh, I didn't know who was what. I didn't know that Nurse Lady wasn't actually Anubis. I didn't know. Yeah. And then she wasn't. No. All right. We do have Kevin next. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. I know this isn't the greatest episode, but I always have fun with it. And nice. how can you not have fun while watching an episode with Lieutenant Hammond in it? <laughs> a few more years on his face, but hey, it happens to be the best of us. It happens to the best of us. Yes. And years years happen. Years happen to the best of us and to the worst of us. The question is, which one am I? I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get back to Kevin. Uh-huh. And while watching this episode, this fun episode, I took a few notes. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, shorter episodes means fewer notes. <laughs> yes. Number one, an apartment? Has Tilk been living on the base all this time? Man, he must love when they have a mission and he gets to get off the SGC. <laughs> I hope he's taking vitamin D supplements because I don't know if a mission a week is enough sun exposure. That's a good point. A good point. Number two. How does O'Neill expect someone to get off-world travel experience without letting him go off-world? Yes. Well, to it's... that, I would say, have you not seen the episode with the, you know, like the, the Rascals episode, uh, the, the one with the, the little kids who were running around pretending to be SG agents, and then there was a pretend foothold situation. I can't remember the name of it. It was the second episode with, with uh, Haley in it. She was cadet and prodigy, and then it was the next episode, and she was Lieutenant Haley. And, and they were pretending to go off-world and stuff and be on Earth. That's right, with the guns with the red li- little lights on below, yes. below them. Yeah. Yes, yes. Colonel Vaseline, I mean Vasilov. Vasilov. Vaseline's a good one. That that was my joke, not Kevin's joke, and I apologize for Kevin for misspeaking. (laughs) Colonel Vasilov's condition deteriorated quickly. One minute, Daniel is talking, and 20 seconds later, Colonel Vasilov is collapsing. Hey, it can happen that fast. Mm -hmm. Number four, I'm sure that O'Neill has felt the urge to shoot Daniel before. I hope he got it all out of his system here. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I will say that the uh, the look on uh, Richard Dean Anderson's face at that point in time does convey this whole thing. He's like, I don't want to shoot you, but I've kind of wanted to shoot you, and you give me an opportunity to shoot you. <laughs> I get to shoot you. Uh, number five. So is the Anubis spirit ghost cloud thing visible or not? I'm getting mixed signals here. I think hmm, I think ultimately in this episode it's not visible, but uh um No, they see it go through the walls. Oh, do they see it go I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's visible, sometimes it's not, depends on what the story needs. It's the lighting. It's the lighting. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um Number six. Did the Tokra not give us a Zatark detector of our own? Uh would be really useful right about now. Just saying. Yep, okay. True. And number seven. Are you Anubis? No. Oh, you're Anubis. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Number seven. Did the president really just ask Jack O'Neill, of all people, if he understood the importance of the Stargate program? (laughs) All he was doing was just setting up the demand. Yep. Um, And he says, so Kevin's response... resolution here says i like this episode but don't think zach and brent will like it as much as i do i'll say a combined total of eight chevrons oh wrong we got nine and a half we like it more than that yes uh there are several comments between various uh uh, people 
on that, but we're not going to read through all of those. If you want yes. to, uh, go to Facebook. Go, go to Facebook and take a look. Uh, next, we have Jen. Hi, Jen. And Cheyenne Mountain Complex is in lockdown after an unknown illness breaks out in the SGC. Well, almost 20 years later, and we've grown way too familiar with the word lockdown. Uh-huh. And it wasn't the big C back then, but the big A ascended Anubis. Yes. Overtaking different SGC employees after hitchhiking a ride with Russian astronaut Veselov. I don't know if Veselov was actually an astronaut. Well, he would have been a cosmonaut anyway, but but I don't I think he was just an Air Force officer, but he has a friend who's a cosmonaut. He wants to anyway. Anyway, and entering the SGC unbeknownst. He, uh, let's see here. Uh, he wants to leave the Earthian stratosphere via Stargate and needs a host. Trouble is for sure heading the SGC's way under Jack's command. Takeaways. Jack needs to step up his general game ASAP and actually read his paperwork. Mm-hmm. Daniel for sure gets the dirty end of the stick this episode. Shot, zatted, and zatted again. Yes. At least he didn't die this time. And Colonel Vasilov, who is the who is the next Russian redshirt, didn't get as lucky. Yeah, that's true. Yep. All in all, a nice reminder regarding the whereabouts of our big bad villain. Well, with this episode, Anubis has successfully fridged, and boy, did they <laughs> embrace the trope here. He sure did. Who will be the next big bad after he's done for? Or is he not? He's frozen. What could possibly happen? I have to be honest, I completely forgot that this episode exists, and I will likely do so in the future. That being said, I was pleasantly surprised when this story unfolded. Nice, enjoyable, classic SG-1 adventure without twists and turns. Will it have any influence on future episodes? Maybe. I can't, simply can't remember. That's a strict four chevrons for chevrons for me. Uh, out of Out of sight, out of mind. I think after New Order and the Atlantis premiere, this episode will fall short for Zach and Brent. Four chevrons from Brent and four and a half from Zach because he knows future implications. Ah, there you go. And one of the things that I did ask for on the uh, Facebooks is that if you have a favorite Russian proverb uh, saying, by all means, say it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so for Jen, she says, live for a century, learn for a century is her favorite Russian proverb. Uh-huh. I love learning, and to stop growing as a human being is to stop living. That's why I've chosen this proverb. That's pretty awesome. We are happy when we are growing. Yep. And then we have Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Who says, I've been shot. Who shot me? <laughs> Was it you? <laughs> well, let's not change this topic here. Yes. <laughs> and that is what we have for <laughs> predictions. Nice. Uh, we do have some emails, however, at least a couple. Very good. Uh, let me pull those up. Uh, the first one comes from Blood Tech. This is the Mad Baron. Yes. Uh, Mad Baron, he sent this uh, a number of weeks ago, and I've just kind of been sitting on it waiting for this episode to come around. Ah, yes, okay. Uh, these predictions may be a bit spoilery. Heads up, Zach. May want to filter through this before reading them out loud. So okay. maybe you should go. All right, so let's see. I give. I predict Zach will give Lockdown five chevrons. He's seen it Close. before, and it's been a solid enough score. I think it will be likable enough. 
Brent is hard to guess for this. He will really not like Anubis being blah, 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 blah. He, <laughs> just to be thrown right back in. Oh, oh see, he says, uh, Brent will not, will really not like Anubis being brought back just to be thrown back into the freezer for potential reuse. <laughs> um, Got to thaw him out. While a Russian Stargate colonel, other than Chekhov, whom I like, would be cool, I feel like this guy was both not particularly well thought out and way too fleshed out for what could be a one-off character. Mm. That said, Brent will love Daniel being possessed by a Gua'uld and shooting up the gate room. That was fun. As well as his hurt expression when he finds out Jack shot him. That was also very fun. He will also really enjoy the idea of Anubis being able to still kind of Gua'uld possess living beings as a Gua'uld can, uh, but not like the malignant disease form of parasitism he uses. Yeah. Um, Brent will give this one a solid above meh at four chevrons. <laughs> it does A little bit more than that, but yes. It doesn't really advance the story, and it's not particularly satisfying. It's not a particularly satisfying one-off. At least we got a Russian SGC member for a bit. To avoid half chevron ratings, I give it an underpowered four chevrons. There was a power outage when they tried to dial out. <laughs> All right, there you go. Yep. Thank you, Mad Baron. Yes. Uh, next, we have Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Jacob, he says, um, he has no explanation. He just predicts you giving it a five and me giving it a five. That was very close. Very close. Quite, quite, quite good, close. Jacob. Well done. Um, then, scrolling through my face, my, my emails, we have Lydia Ann. Hi, Lydia Ann. Lydia Ann says, This episode starts with a PSA on the dangers of space debris and moves into an interesting medical mystery, sci-fi style featuring Dr. Brightman and the SGC's newest red shirt, I mean, Russian, <laughs> Colonel Vasilov. Mm -hmm. But the episode takes a turn when Daniel's plan to force Anubis to use his ascended powers and get the ancients to deal with him also makes everybody at the SGC wait bait. This is naive and inane because A, they've seen incorporeal Anubis move through walls. B, yep. Anubis has spent millennia successfully avoiding the ancients. And C, there's no way to verify that the ancients will help. That's a good point. Good point. So the last point I'd say is true. Uh, the second one, okay, perhaps he can wait him out. The, as for the first one, yes, he can go through walls, but if he has to be in group A to turn the object, the, the, the gate on, and then go to B to go through the gate and uh, all of that stuff, um, that's going to be more challenging if you can't just do that all in one go and you have to bounce through people and you can't predict where all people are going to be. Um, that's my thoughts. It's, it's, it's just, it's it just, 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 just close your eyes halfway. Just close them halfway. There you go. See how everything is real fuzzy. Oh, yeah. Just, just, just stay like that. It'll be fine. Okay. So, so squint and everything will be perfect. Yep. Uh, Lydia Ann continues. When he announced that lockdown would go on indefinitely, did O'Neill suspect that he, as one of the few with the clearance to access technology, would be the one Anubis possessed in an attempt to get off-world? Or was he following Daniel's Hope the Ancients Intervene plan? Yeah, I think, it was, I think he was doing the Ancients Intervene plan. I think so. This episode is but engaging still. on a first watch and has good character interactions. After that, it's best summed up as Anubis came, Anubis possessed, Anubis <laughs> has left the planet. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> Brent gives it a four and Zach a three and a half. Uh, close again, but in the wrong. Yeah, like nope. one off. One off. All right. Yep. And finally, we have David. Hi, David. David has a deja vu encoding bias buffer. Where have we seen this? Have we seen this before? I don't know. No, I think it's because he posted the picture of uh, us. I don't know. Uh, we'll get to it. <laughs> okay. Haven't we seen this episode before? Something gets That's what I just into SGC and everything is at risk. The only important plot point is Anubis survived getting blown up. He's frozen yes. now on a frozen planet no one ever goes to and will never be heard from again. The end. The end. And then he shows a picture of you and I with our uh, headshots yes. of Anubis <laughs> yes. and all, and their faces are like, ah! <laughs> Yep, then, there's and, no way and, we're going to see that guy again. Nope. And then and then his comment is, I have no idea what this picture means. I have no idea what this picture means. It's just a random person that we it's fought. Just, like, just, you know, yeah, that's definitely not Anubis. It's definitely nope. not. Doesn't mean he's going to come back and do stuff. But no, I mean, it's totally possible that Kimberly did a long con on us. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, well, like, you know, you know, I wouldn't put it past Kimberly. She has the abilities. <laughs> would <laughs> i'm just saying perhaps she went through all the trouble of finding a really interesting makeup artist to make up somebody else do a couple of glamour shots with it have the person sign in a silver pen because i don't know and then put like the like you know mgm watermark on the bottom corner and be all like yeah this is totally this is totally anubis i would be none the wiser <laughs> well there you go now David predicts that I will give this episode four and a half chevrons for the same Ooh. reasons, but his Anubis selfie is a little better than Brent's. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking your eyes were way more like, ah, than mine. Yeah. But you look more composed. Yeah. Honestly, I look at this picture of me and it almost looks like my head was photoshopped onto this <laughs> The other long con. We're actually the same person. You know, it makes for recording actually easier, but more difficult. Uh, uh, but easier. We just got a, anyway, a voice filter on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then David predicts that Brent will give it a number of chevrons because Ben there, done that, got the selfie from Anubis. Yeah. And would you like to know what the number is? Is it five? No, it's just a four. <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> that was my short long con for you. Yeah. All right. Fine. <laughs> uh, so, all right. There we go. Those are predictions. Nice. Thank you very much, everybody, for those. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, Brent, yeah. next week, uh, there's a couple of things that are going to be happening next week. Yep. One, if everything goes as planned... You and I will be recording this next episode in the same space. That's right. That's the plan. That's the plan. Now, you know, plans change. People die. You know, whatever. <laughs> that got morbid. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean that in the framework of that, uh, that, that sometimes in your profession you get called to do things when people die. Well, that is true. That is true. Uh, yes. and we did actually have... When when I left for my conference, I got a text message from the other pastor uh, that we had two people die unexpectedly. 
Uh, yeah. Fortunately, he dealt with all of that, and I didn't have to worry yeah. about it because I was in Colorado doing my yes, Colorado things. Yes, but you know that that's a thing that can happen. It does. Um, so you know, I mean, I don't anticipate things happening, but things can happen. They uh, can but, happen. But the plan, you know, because that's our plan. Because you got to make plans, but you also have to prepare to the plans change but anyway the yes. plan is for us to be in the same place <laughs> at the same time recording the next episode of atlantis which all of this yes. is a big roundabout way to say the next episode is hide and seek what's it about okay <laughs> all right so <clears throat> i gotta have i gotta have a promo voice but i can't do the i gotta i gotta think of something a little bit different right i, I mean right i gotta think of something different so let's see if we can figure this out next time on stargate atlantis the Stargate Atlantis team. Boy, I got to find Next time on Stargate Atlantis, our friends are still exploring the base. You see, there's a room over here that has strange power crystals because everything is a power crystal. There's a room over here which has artifacts of unknown composition and power. There's a room over here that seems to have provisions, but no one's willing to try them because they've been sealed for thousands of years. There's a room over here with a nice veranda. Oh, we've seen that one. And there was also that potted plant that somehow was able to survive millennia under the ocean. We're going to ignore that. And then over here, we have the veranda. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful space that uh, allows a person to really reflect and think deep thoughts. Oh, speaking of deep thoughts, over here we have the library. Or at least we assume it's the library. It's full of things we can't read. Over here, we have yet another uh, recreational space. It seems to be some kind of sporty ball thing, though nobody knows the rules and they're all a bunch of nerds who can't play sports anyway. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why are we going through this base? Uh, did you notice I haven't said a single person is around? What could possibly be going on? Wait, look over there. There's somebody who's walking through a corridor. But they don't seem to be casually walking. They seem to be walking with purpose and looking behind every single thing. Everybody who's listening to this show, right, to our podcast right now knows exactly where I'm going. So I might as well wrap it up. What's happening is a big old game of hide and seek in the Atlantis base because we got to go figure it out. Join us next time while we have funsies on the Atlantis base with hide and seek. Are we going to have a good old, are we going to have a good old, good old time? You're going to be learning all about the new base. So I have only one response to that prediction. Tag your it? Well, that would have been a good one, but no, no. Uh, I'm gonna hit play. Oh, okay. Well, I better, I better get, I better get my act together here. Hold on. Okay, I'm ready. All right, I'm hitting play now. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. Father, do you think we are safe here from the wraith? What secrets lay hidden in Atlantis? Yeah, I don't know. She tells you me. Tell me. Can't find it. Uh-oh. I don't want to be careful. Anything you touch is going to be dangerous. Oh, Do you think okay. the ghosts of the ancestors still live here? Oh. Charm, this is Shepard. Lights just went out. Major, we're experiencing some technical malfunctions. Major Shepard? One of the Athosians is claiming to have seen what she's calling a shadow. If you are angry that we have unrightfully inhabited your great city, we humbly apologize. Is Atlantis haunted by the spirits of the ancients, or is it something far worse? Oh no! Uh -oh. It's all next time. Is it on Stargate Atlantis? I doubt it. Uh oh! Uh oh! He's gonna shoot it. He's gonna shoot the ethereal thing. That that's gonna go real well. It's gonna go right through him. Well, whoever's right <laughs> behind it, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, it does look like we get to see more of the base, but we, not quite yeah. in a funsies kind of way. Maybe. We don't know. It could be all a an elaborate ploy for just playing a fun game of hide and seek. We'll see. With laser tag. With laser that tags. Wasn't a re- that wasn't a real gun. Oh, of course not. So it was a prop. Well, Brent, we need to wrap this up. Yes. And so I will tell all of our dear listeners, tell us what you think about Hide and Seek or about about uh, Lockdown or about Atlantis or SG-1 or whatever it is. Uh, have fun with it. Uh, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate.gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. <laughs> go to the Facebooks. Go to the Discords. Go to the website. Do whatever. And if you have any ideas of what we should do with Patreon, tell us by emailing True. us and such. Yes. And with yes. all of that, I say I'm Zach. <laughs> I'm Brent. <laughs> And this, and this has been, has been speedy. Yes. <laughs> and this has been walking through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial up. Get these people home. Why am I laughing so much? I don't. It's fine. It's fine. Because you're humorous. You, get, you tell good jokes. Sure. I think sure. they're good. Okay.